Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our weekly Bible study podcast. I've spoken to some of you to see how things are going uh, this past week, and uh, these are most unusual times in our life, uh, to say the least. Uh, today, we're going to finish up in contrasting uh, the law and grace and then link it to our lesson this week uh, that we can find in the fifth chapter of Romans. Uh, I'm thankful for you guys that are in our life group. But I also want to welcome those of you who are not part of our group. And I would invite uh, those in our group to, uh, as time goes along, to invite others, uh, family, friends, those that may not even live in the city, to uh, tune in to our lessons in this podcast format. And I would like to hear from any of you who are listening and let me know uh, one way or another uh, how this podcast format is working for you. So let's get right to it, and let's begin with a word of prayer, uh, thanking God for what he has done for us, what he will do, and asking for his blessings upon us today. Uh, Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are indeed so thankful that we can approach your throne of grace and prayer. And Father, we boldly come before you asking you to uh, protect us uh, from uh, the virus and uh, Father, from health issues. Father, we ask your healing upon those who do have uh, health issues. Uh, we know who they are, and you do too. And so, Father, we won't uh, mention them now, but uh, but we lift each and every one uh, that has been mentioned this week, that we've spoken with. Uh, you know the very special needs that are there. Lord, not only just the health needs, uh, but, Father, there may be some financial and other needs as well. And so, Father, we we do indeed. We boldly come before you. Uh, you have taught us that sometimes we have not because we ask not. So, Father, we come before you asking that you protect us. Father, that you would uh, heal. And, Father, that your will be done in our life. We ask that you bless us now as we uh, study this lesson, that uh, as your word is spoken. Lord, that it will uh, fill us, Father, that we can grow uh, as Christians and grow in a way that's pleasing to you. We just uh, love you and we praise you for all that you've done for us in these uh, unusual times. And we just ask that you continue to bless us for us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you remember, uh, earlier this week we had contrasted the law and grace. Uh, So let's back up a step and continue uh, in looking at law and grace, and uh, then we'll bridge uh, this into today's lesson, which is in the fifth chapter of Romans, verses 1 through 11. So as we back up, uh, we see that although God gave Jesus uh, to us because of his love for us through grace, um, we still have the law. And we learn that it's still in effect as far as God is concerned, relating to those who have not accepted Christ as the Messiah uh, or Redeemer uh, for transgressions of sin and or transgressions against the law, which, of course, we uh, defined as sin. Concerning Christ himself, well, uh, why did Jesus die on the cross if the law is not in place? Um, What was the reason? Well, the reason, of course, was because of the law. 
remember we stated that the law and grace uh, are connected. And if we focus on just the law or just grace, we cannot see the whole picture. We cannot see the connection between the law and the grace, between Old Testament and New Testament. Paul spoke in Acts when he was speaking to the elders in Ephesus. He said, I have hesitated to declare the counsel of God. Uh, people at that time, especially the Gentiles, they didn't have access to Old Testament scripture. And certainly Paul had not uh, written uh, a lot of the New Testament as well as some of the other gospel writers. So uh, a lot of the uh, biblical theology uh, was not really uh, being taught. And so uh, there is a bigger picture here. And Paul was just afraid that he could not get into it uh, with the Ephesians at that time. But at least it lets us know that there is a bigger picture and that law and grace make up that big picture. Remember when we read in Jeremiah 31 about the covenant and that God uh, wanted to put this covenant or the law in the hearts of people, not just write it on stones for us to read it and try to keep it, but he wanted it in our hearts. And we read in Hebrews uh, 8, 7, for if that first covenant had been faultless, then there would have been uh, sought, or there would then no place have been sought for the second. We indeed have two covenants. Um, the writer of Hebrews also said uh, a new covenant God or, had made uh, the first covenant old. So the new covenant was new and the first covenant was old. So we need to take a look at the covenants and how they both contain law and grace. One covenant uh, is conditional and the other covenant is unconditional. Remember, a covenant is an agreement or a legal contract. The first covenant that God makes with man is unconditional. It is in the Old Testament where God made promises to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and essentially to his people that he would never depart from them. And he has kept his word. He kept his promises. You see, God has an unconditional love for his creation. And that led to his unconditional covenant. Regardless of what we do, regardless of bad we act, God loves us unconditionally. The second covenant he made with man, however, was conditional because it had in it repentance. Now, we can look in Hebrews chapters 8 and 9 and get a greater detail uh, looking at uh, the first and second uh, covenant. But uh, our lesson today is in Romans, so we just want to focus on that. But just, uh, j just understand that we do have two covenants, the old covenant, new covenant, the old law, the new grace, but they are. Uh, connected. In order to describe uh, these legal covenants, uh, God had to have some sort of narrative. So in the Old Testament, of course, he gives us the Hebrew or Jewish narratives. And in the New Testament, of course, we have Jesus and the Gospels, and then subsequently uh, Paul's writings of a lot of his epistles, as well as uh, other letters that we find. 
Well, he gives us Jesus the Messiah and the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins, and then we repent and believe in Jesus as the Messiah. Remember, as John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world when he saw Jesus. God has always been full of grace, so it's not like grace is just a New Testament new thing. Even in the Old Testament, uh, he showed grace. Psalms 116.5 says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. So because, so because of the uh, righteousness and holiness of God, there was a written law. But because of the loving character of God, there's also grace. The law would bring us death. You cannot have the law without death. Paul says, Romans 3.23, all have sinned. And then in 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Man is not exempt from the restraints of the law, but with God's grace comes Christ, and with Christ comes life. Because of the righteous nature of God, God just cannot let our sin slide by. On the other hand, God cannot let man fall prey to Satan and have death separate man from his creation either. So grace through Christ enters the picture, and through Christ, we are then justified, as Paul said. We are justified or have an opportunity to escape death and have an everlasting life. Remember we said love and hate were on the same coin? I love my wife, thus I hate anything that would hurt her. God, in the same way, loves us and thus hates anything that would harm us, including Satan and the wages of sin, which is death. Law and, uh, law and grace are also two sides of the same coin. Now there is the law with its consequences of death, and there is grace through Christ, and the consequence, of course, is life. Now flip that coin. Which side do you want it to land on, law or grace? Death or life? Of course we want life. But now comes an even greater thought. Imagine flipping that coin over and over and over and over again. Again and again and again and again. And every time we flip that coin, it lands on grace. It never falls on the law. That would be awesome. And that's really what Paul begins to talk about as we get into uh, the 11th chapter of Romans. Not one time as a Christian, as we manipulate that coin of law and grace, not one time does it fall on the law. And that's what Paul was saying, that, uh, that we uh, don't live under the law, but by grace. Because of Jesus, that coin, as far as the life of a Christian is concerned, is always going to fall on grace. And this is what Paul is talking about. We all sin, and sin brings death. But because of Christ, we can have life. But it is only through Christ that we can have that everlasting life. Everlasting life with a righteous body and with a righteous God. And it's everlasting. 
So which would you prefer? An everlasting separation from God or an everlasting life with God? Well, in the life of a Christian, God has, so to say, he's rigged this coin to land on grace every single time. Now imagine uh, this happening and imagine the joy that we have. Imagine the peace that we have. I mean, would that not bring a sense of security and peace to you? And that's why we, uh, when we begin to read, and, and let's get into Romans chapter 5. And we'll begin with verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace through God, or peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul uses that word justified. He uses it 19 times in his writings, and he uses it nine times uh, just in the book of Romans. Justified. We know that God cannot just let sin slide by. Regarding the first covenant of the law, there must be some sort of retribution or payment for breaking the law. And the thing is, that's a pretty stiff penalty. And that penalty is death. Justification is the act of God through his grace of forgiveness of our sins, but counting us as righteous like he is. But how can that be? Well, it can only be through Christ. He can't just ignore our sins and just say that we don't have sin. There is sin in the system somewhere. But because of Christ, remember what God said, he's going to remove that sin as far as east is from the west. And so justification is an act or statement that would claim innocence in a court of law. So in this term of justification, imagine you are guilty of a crime. And I can't imagine anybody in this group, you know, committing a crime, but just uh, just imagine, if you will. You committed a crime, and, and you are guilty. You did it. Uh, there was a law. You did not keep it, and you broke that law. And now, it's not a matter of whether you're guilty or not. You're now before the judge, and that judge is going to sentence you according to the penalty for breaking that particular law. But the judge, instead of pronouncing the harsh penalty for you breaking that law, instead, he pronounces you innocent. And sets you free. Wow, wouldn't that be great? And that's really the way it is in our salvation. We are indeed guilty of sin, of breaking the Old Testament law. But when we come before an Almighty God, we are indeed innocent. But wait, you, you did commit the crime and the law. And the judge cannot just on a whim say you're innocent. But this is where grace, Jesus, and justification comes in. Because of God's grace, he gave us Jesus to literally pay for those sins. Jesus uh, paid back uh, the retribution that uh, the wages of sin is death. Jesus died on the cross. And he did it for us to literally take upon himself our guilt and punishment. And when Jesus took away those, trans those transgressions against the law and paid for them, as the judge looked at us, all he could see 
was innocence. And as such, then he had no choice but to pronounce us innocent and set us free. And of course, this is what God does, being the ultimate judge. And as he looks at us, Jesus has taken those sins and taken the penalty. And in the eyes of God, we are indeed literally justified. A crime was committed, yes. But payment of that crime was also made. And Jesus paid that price, literally. But a Christian does not have to hear uh, these words depart from him. I never knew you. That's one of the neat things about being innocent. A Christian will not have to hear those words. A Christian's name is in the book of life, and he will not be cast into the lake of fire. But you see, as we uh, move on into verse 2, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope and the glory of God. So in these first two verses, we have uh, joy and peace. Verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulations work uh, works patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our what hearts by the Holy Spirit. Remember, this is what Jeremiah was talking about with the law and that wanted the law to be imprinted in our hearts that Jesus took that law and the payment of our sin. So therefore, it is Jesus that is in our hearts. And when we look at uh, verse 5, and hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad, the love of God. That's the grace he's talking about. And in the hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us, of course, we have the Holy Spirit, but we have that peace because of Jesus. Now, looking at verse 6. Uh, verse 6 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. There's an awful lot to unwrap there. Uh, when we were without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. So it's not like we're worthy. Uh, we're guilty. We're guilty. And uh, Paul explains here that Jesus did indeed uh Save us from our eternal uh, damnation. For if we look at verse 7, for scarcely uh, a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man uh, someone would dare to die. But, and of course we all love uh, Romans 5 8, we all love this verse. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is a fact that Jesus died for our sins. That's why Jesus came, to die for our sins. There is a thing called us, there is a thing called sin, and there is a thing called died. And it is through him and him alone that justifies our innocence before Almighty God. We read in 2 Corinthians 5.21, 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he talking about God the Father, has made him, Jesus the Son, to be made sin for us, who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we have the sin, but we're made righteous through Christ. We also read in 1 Corinthians 15.3, Christ died for our sins according to scripture. So uh, throughout all of scripture, we have uh, Jesus is in every book of the Bible. And so we, we do have uh, Jesus throughout the scripture. Now, if we go on, uh, running out of time here, we look at verse 10. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, we need to understand that man, or non-Christians, uh, but man in general, uh, is an enemy of God. Uh, now, that may sound harsh, but the fact of the matter is that once upon a time, you weren't saved. So once upon a time, if you weren't a Christian, then you were against God and you were technically an enemy. But remember what Jesus said, we should love our enemies. And God loves his enemies. Now, he has to abide by the, the rules of law, but um, because of grace. He kind of oversteps that uh, uh, penalty. But through Jesus and his plan of salvation, God reconciled us, or rather brought man back. Now, remember, going back to Adam and Eve, man sinned, and uh, we were separated, and God couldn't let that go on. Otherwise, <laughs> Satan would have had the victory. Uh, that just would have been the end of that thing. But uh, God, like we just read in, in verse 8, Commended his love toward us, and in what we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God did develop that plan of salvation through Jesus. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, but whom we now received the atonement or reconciliation, as we read in verse 11. Not only so, but we also joy. We have joy knowing. That every time we flip that coin of law and grace, it always turns up grace. What greater peace, what greater joy can we have? Verse 1 talks about peace. Verse 11 talks about joy. Uh, what more can I add? What more can we really add? So um, I want to thank you for joining us. We'll close there. Uh, we made it through to verse 11. I want to thank you for joining us. And remember... Uh, this podcast is available for future reference, not just for tomorrow or whenever you want to look at it. Uh, and remember, uh, I, I want to invite you to uh, in, in, uh, ask others and see if they want to listen in as well at any time. I want to encourage you to call or text and to check up on each other uh, this week. And also, uh, please let me know if you did indeed listen to this uh, podcast. Uh, so I can uh, come up with a count and uh, forward this on to the church office. They do. They would like to keep a record of what all we're doing. And as always, I'm, I'm open for suggestions as to a better way to present a Bible lesson. Uh, I'm deliberately trying to keep it under 30 minutes. Um, I, I think under the circumstances here, I think uh, just having a lesson like this would be uh, enough. But if we need to have it more, if you want to have less, uh, that's fine, too. But at least uh, keep in touch and let me know one way or another 
uh, your ideas and opinions. So um, let's have a word of uh, closing prayer as we get out of here. And um, we'll look at you uh, next week. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the peace, for the joy that you have us to, uh, that you have us to have through Christ. Father, we're thankful for the law that uh, lets us know that we're sinners. But Father, we're thankful for grace. And it's through grace that we can be made righteous through Jesus. We're just thankful for that opportunity that we have. We ask that you bless us this week. Father, there are many things. Uh, it, it seems like news and information uh, is constantly changing. And so, Father, we just ask that you would just uh, protect us. Father, we just boldly ask for your protection uh, and for our help. For it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Okay, gang, till next week. May God bless each of you. See you then.